Hi, I'm Lanny of Greener Postures, creator of the Preserving Today YouTube channel and co-host of this wonderful podcast, The World As It Is Today. I'm just going to take a quick moment before our episode to tell you about the upcoming workshops I have scheduled. You might have heard about my fermentation for food preservation workshop that was held on April 10th. This was an online workshop held via Zoom. I had held several in-person workshops here in my homestead kitchen prior, but this was my first online workshop and it went better than I could have ever imagined. I had so many amazing people show up. Adam from the Into the Apocalypse and the Deborah Gets Red Pilled podcasts, Buffalo and Legs from False Reality Check, Adam from Trust the Silenced, Patrick of Neocord Vision, Tony, Trista, Max, Cliff, Kaylee from That Retro Homestead, and we even had Monica Perez from the Propaganda Report sign up the last second and join us. It was a really great group of people. And when Chud and I conceived of the idea of greener postures a few years ago, we weren't exactly sure how it would develop, but we, what we were sure is that we wanted autonomous individuals to come together on private property to grow, build, raise, learn, and share together freely. And at first, this was our in-person workshops and agoras, at that time, I never thought I could have expanded this to include our online community as well. Still today, the focus of Anything Greener Postures is to live by our values of freedom and open-mindedness. We are all autonomous individuals. We all learn in our own way. Education, teachers, that puts you in a position of thinking you're below someone. So I'm not teaching you how to ferment when you come to my workshop, you're coming there to learn with me because I am still learning about fermentation every time I do it. Fermentation for food preservation is just that. It's meant to talk about fermentation as a means to preserve your food. Most people, when they think of preserving food at home, think of canning or dehydrating, maybe even using a freeze dryer, but fermentation is simpler than any of that. It takes very little equipment, if any, mostly things that you already have around your house. And the only raw ingredients are vegetables and salt. This fermentation for food preservation workshop will go over both the brine method of fermentation and the dry salt method, which you might be familiar with if you've ever made sauerkraut. We focus in this workshop on understanding fermentation as best as we can with the information we have, as well as understanding food safety. There is a lot of propaganda out there that's intending to make us afraid of our food. Salmonella outbreaks at the egg plant. E. coli outbreaks at a meat processing facility. E. coli on our spinach. E. coli in odd walla beverages. Botulism in home canned goods. We hear these things as talking points, in the news, on the radio, in the newspaper. Those ideas float around in our head that there's some scary demon in our food that's trying to make us sick. When you actually look into any one of those instances and start to dissect it, you'll see that most of these illnesses come from the mishandling of food. It comes from the industrial food system. It comes from animals stacked on top of each other inside buildings that never see the sunlight or get to step foot on grass. It comes from unsatisfactory conditions for workers in fields. It comes from rodent infestations inside giant plants of grain. And botulism? Don't even get me started. The truth is, is that it's pretty simple. 
Nature wants to work with us to preserve food so we can eat through the winter. So whether you're just trying to add healthy probiotics to your diet, you want to eat tasty things and you like kimchi and sauerkraut, or you want to better your understanding of food preservation in case shit hits the fan. All of us are probably working on a stockpile of some sort, whether that's dehydrated powdered food in packets that you bought with a discount code from one of the awesome podcasts you listen to, or if that's you growing a garden and raising chickens. There's never been a better time than now for us to start or continue being more self-sufficient and relying less on the system. When you take my workshop, you're not just going to learn about fermentation. You're going to hear about it from the perspective of an anarchist, from somebody who doesn't believe that we should have someone in charge of what we do, that we shouldn't follow directions exactly, that we should explore on our own. I'm passionate about what I do. I love fermentation. I geek out on it. I think about it. I study it. I experiment in my own kitchen. And I love to talk about it. So if you're interested in learning about fermentation as food preservation, I'm scheduling another workshop online. After the last one, I got several emails from people who weren't able to make it that really wish they could come. So I hope all of you who reached out to me will be able to join me for this one. Sunday, May 15th at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, online via Zoom. Just asking for a $30 or more donation or gift via Venmo, and that'll get you into the two-hour Zoom workshop. It'll get you a PDF copy of the booklet that I wrote as a companion guide for this workshop, which includes several of my own tried-and-true recipes. And it'll get you a link to the Telegram chat. That's the exclusive chat for the Greener Postures workshops. So we can continue the conversation about food preservation with our great group of free-thinking individuals. So if you're curious about fermentation, if you've dabbled before but want to learn more, or if you just want to hang out with really cool people online via Zoom for two hours on a Sunday afternoon, send me an email for more information if you have questions or just to sign up. Send me an email, say, I want to sign up for the fermentation for food preservation workshop, and I'll hook you up with everything you need to know. Greenerpostures at pm.me. While you're at it, be sure you're following me on Instagram and Twitter at greenerpostures, and on YouTube at the Preserving Today channel, where I post short videos of what I create in my kitchen and different ways that I preserve food on our homestead. I'm also getting ready to host a fermented beverages workshop, which will be the first Sunday in June. Stay tuned for more information on that coming shortly. I really recommend people take the Fermentation for Food Preservation workshop first. The information in that workshop, I believe, is integral to understanding the process of fermentation and will really help you get started on a good foot so that you're successful. You can start experimenting in your own kitchen, and that's when you'll really do your learning. Again, if you'd like to sign up, just send me an email. I look forward to hearing from you. Now, enjoy this episode of The World As It Is Today. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud X. And this is The World As It Is Today. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for The World As It Is Today. We have another great episode. And we have some guests. We've got Nate from Reality Czar's podcast and his wonderful wife, Abby, who we just met for the first time today. I think everyone's going to meet her for the first time as this was her podcasting debut, I believe she said. Very exciting stuff that we could be a part of that. Yeah. So we just talk parenting and school and generational habits, things we pick up from our parents. Mm -hmm. We talk about weird mom dynamics. We talk about church. 
talk about church. Christ. They got, they've got a really cool church. It's, uh, it's got me wanting to do some homework. Yeah. I'm still a little nervous about the whole idea, but uh, I, I, I like, uh, I like the idea of exploring. I am too, but that's the sign that it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talk food work. There's like a lot that we touch on here. Of course, we mentioned the moon landing and <laughs> can, can we, can we go five minutes without mentioning? The moon no, landing? I, I mean, right? it's I important mean... to just, you know, when you're getting to know people to just throw that out there and have that conversation. And at one point I was like, uh, I, you know, I don't know. Like, do you, you know, do you believe that we went to the moon? He's like, Oh, hell no. <laughs> like, okay, cool. So yeah, I can so continue like, moving on. on. Yeah. I just, I just realized as I was saying that, that you know, I've listened to Nate a, a good bit, but I don't know some specifics. Sure. Yeah. It can start to feel like, you know, a person after you've listened to their podcast a few times or and a lot of times even, uh, but it's different when you get to have a conversation with them back and forth. So mm-hmm. it was fun. And I, I really like this idea of grabbing uh, somebody from a podcast that people who listen to us might be familiar with and bringing on their other half so that we can kind of get a like behind the scenes of like who Nate is a little bit more and his dynamics with his beautiful bride and their, their family and what they're working on there. I think it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's all really good stuff. So without further ado, here is um, our episode number 18 with uh, Nate and Abby. Welcome to the world as it is today, Nate and Abby. How are you guys doing? Dude, we're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. We're babyless yeah. today. Uh, oh, whoa. Yeah, we got our six month old. We gave him to our mom, my mom, and my sister. And so we've had a date and uh, we had a good time. We were supposed to go to church this morning and the road there was, was closed. Yeah, there was some crazy. Oh. So we went like way up north and uh, went to Vancouver the back way like through like like up adam's way you know like oh yeah cool and took, yeah. Twice as long. took twice as long but like we had a date and then we went and did an escape room and like ate some food and yeah. well you made it out that's good we made, out. <laughs> we made it with there <laughs> we kicked that thing's ass it's awesome that sounds fun so how old is the baby six months six almost seven six almost months. seven yeah. like four days he'll be seven whoa months. yeah so, is this your first time away from him abby no, no. but kind of, yeah. but kind of, yeah. A couple little times. Yeah. It's always kind of weird at first. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's funny how it seems to take two people when they take the baby instead <laughs> of just like, you're like, I have them all the time. And it's fine. <laughs> but it's like my mom and my brother will help, you know, it's great. We have a 17, almost 18 month old. Yep. Oh, just wow. about there. Yeah. Le- less than a month away. And then we also have an eight-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. He's awesome. He's running everywhere, picking everything up. You know, it's, it's, that it's, does uh, not sound awesome. <laughs> oh, but it is. Cause they're learning so much. It's so fun to watch how fast they catch on to stuff and trying to say words. Yeah. Well, it's I great. realized how much of a drunk I was when I first, uh, <laughs> when my oldest, uh, he's 15 now, but when he was a year and a half, he used to, I guess I just had beer bottle caps everywhere in the house. Oh, and he'd just run them, grab me like bap, bap. And then he'd yeah. hand him, no, he just hand them to me. <laughs> oh, and then I okay. just have a fucking stack of beer bottle caps. <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> just really brought that to your attention. Yeah. Yeah. You need to switch to cans. Come on. <laughs> 
always picking shit up, man. That probably, was like probably yeah. should be only using hands at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Our little guy too. Yeah. Everything from the ground used to go straight in his mouth, but now he picks it up and hands it to me. So it's really yeah, nice. that's so, better. It's an yeah. improvement. Helping clean up. It's uh, it, I'm seeing all these these corners that he's turning right now of. Like, like there's, we have, we have a, a doorway to our stairs to go upstairs and uh, you know, that especially used to be more dangerous for him to get on those stairs as, as he was just learning how to crawl and stuff. So it used to be, if we, if he was down and we saw that door was open, it was, Oh no, I got to get up and go and close that door before he sees it. And then maybe cries. Cause I closed it. Now I see that door is open and he's walking over by it. And I'm just like, Oh, Hey, can you close that door for me? And he's like, yeah, I can, I can do that. I understand what you're asking me to do. Same with the garbage can, you know, I'll go, Oh no, the garbage is open and he's walking towards it. Hey, can you close the garbage can for me? And he does it. This is a sweet spot. I'm sure this won't last long. <laughs> yeah. He also threw away a huge envelope of seeds for the garden today because oh, he was just being helpful. <laughs> but uh, I was like, good thing. I noticed yeah. All this stuff for, from daddy garden in an envelope. He like, placed in the garbage and shut the lid i was like oh okay yeah no not that though that's not garbage All right, nice try so your your youngest is six months and your oldest is 15 is there anybody in between nobody in between yeah so okay uh, my the oldest is mine from when i was a teenager when i was when i was a wild man got it is he with you guys full-time yeah. mm-hmm. i've had him oh, awesome physical and legal custody since he was a year and a half Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's great. Months. That's when I took him and he was mine. And that's so cool. And how long have you guys been married? Special. Yeah. Age. Why well, I love For that. Sure. Age. Uh, we've been married almost, almost three been, years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Right on. How did you guys meet? Church. Church. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's a good way to meet. Yeah. That seems like, uh, does that happen anymore? That you, seems antiquated. If you're meeting in a church <laughs> that you're both attending, there's like a whole list of like things that I classify as being part of a moral code or principles that we live by that you can already, you can, you can kind of cut that off of the the list of things you need to find out about this person. Sure. Like, a lot of those things, you know, you align with. Yeah. We had a weird church. So we really it, did. And our pastor, like we were both good friends with him and like, we both agreed and he's kind of a, his political philosophy aligns with ours a lot. Yeah. And so like, right on. It was yeah easy to and he gave the thumbs up to me mm-hmm. when I was like I like her because he was trying there was another girl that was trying to hook up with me at church and he was like bumping me like he was like hey you know so and so likes you and I was like eh, I like this one and he's like oh okay. you know and uh, yeah my pastor was a pretty neat dude he was the first uh, pastor that I had that like this is when I first came back to Christ when I was first coming back to church. Um, and I was like waiting to be offended. I was waiting for him to say something to piss me off. So I was going to like, Oh, fuck you. And I was going to walk yeah. out, you know, and he didn't. And then like after church, we sat there and we had a conversation and I was just going to throw all my political shit at him to see what he was going to say. Cause I was going to piss him off. And he's a fucking libertarian anarchist as well. Whoa. So he's like, so Dude, yeah. crazy conversation. And was, church. And he's like, yeah, government's completely illegitimate. We like, we'd never have a flag in this church. And it's like, you know, just, <laughs> we just sat there and had this conversation. I was like, okay, well, I, you win, I guess I'm going to come back next week. Right. Dude, that, that is what I need. Um, you know, we, we talk about uh, Christianity a lot. Uh, we don't identify as Christians, at least not at this point in our lives. I would identify as Christ curious. 
at this point, yeah. I think. Christ curious. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, but we together have a lot of issues with what um, uh, I've recently started calling churchianity. And, uh, and the churches themselves, I, I went to a church. We live right by the church that I went to as a kid. Um, I have issues with the place. I, I, I try to sniff it out again and again. And I, I'm always like, no, this is, this isn't the place for me. Yeah. Largely because of like what you're saying, I know that these people don't agree with me. They don't align with me at all politically. In fact, they go far in the opposite direction. And same, same with, you know, vaccines and, you know, are they closed for all the COVID stuff. It just, they're just real status quo. And what I, what I really need, I need to find a church where I kind of have an in and I know that this is a place where I can go and just, just be curious, be Christ curious. I like that you said that I hadn't heard that. Uh, and, and, and feel comfortable, um, for real, like on all levels, not just like, Oh, I'm checking out the, the religious side of things. Cause I'm, cause we're very, we've become very, very spiritual in the last few years. And it's only ramped up tenfold with all of the COVID nonsense that went on. Uh, but we just haven't been able to find something. So when I hear you guys talking about meeting at church, uh, like how, how long have you been connected to, how long have each of you been connected to the church that you go to? So we actually don't go to that church anymore because not for any reason. Yeah. The church closed because our pastor uh, felt like felt the calling to go to Tanzania. And so him and his family went there and uh, run into church there. And so uh, little by little, that church is closed. And so we, this was like right around COVID time almost because we started like another church and, you know, and we were kind of like trying to find one that like fit you know, like family, because we had had one and it Mm kind of sucked that it fell apart. And um, we had a friend that invited us to this little obscure, bizarre Slavic, Slavic, Russian church, like up in uh, Vancouver. So they're all Jewish, Russian, or most of them, half of them. Yeah. And, (laughs) but, and it, so it was bizarre, but everyone, what I'll say is like, this was in the middle of fucking like, crazy lockdown like this was this was at a time where like if you go to washington to visit and you came back you were supposed to quarantine do you remember when that was a thing oh, God. I, I remember people saying things like that yeah, yeah. i must have blocked that out <laughs> fucking retarded bullshit yeah yeah and so like we went up there and uh everyone shook hands no one was wearing a fucking mask there was not a single mask everyone shook hands hugged every like we are all crammed together in this tiny little thing there was no fucking social distancing and they're all old and yeah and they're just oh, that's that's awesome. beautiful Yay. happy cool. russians that are all like dressed to the nines and all just like happy to be there and friendly and just and we were like oh fuck it man this is this sounds pretty good so like <laughs> Uh, we had, we've just been there ever since we, we love the pastor. He's great. Uh, he's like, African. <laughs> yeah, he's from Africa. He's from Ghana. And he, uh, and he also, uh, he's a doctor as well. He got his medical degree in Moscow and Russia. And then he came here and, and is still a doctor oh. and he Good. quit his job in the, in, uh, the ICU. in the ICU because they were going to force him to get jabbed. So he said, fuck off. Uh, like, no, I don't think anyone's fucking jabbed at our church or a couple people, but like, he was like, no, I won't do it. And so now he does like telemedicine. So he's like doing the stuff like, so he can do it over the phone. He can like get prescriptions. He can do this and that, but he made a principal stand and he was like, fuck it. 
And so That's he took amazing. a big pay cut, you know, just yeah. for his principles. And I so, like that. Yeah. Church, man. I like it. Yeah. We don't pay and, and, him to be a pastor or anything. So he's not. Yeah. Making- he yeah. makes, yeah. He takes no money from the church. It's just. That's great. Yeah. He's That's, doing it because he wants to be there. Yeah. That's true passion. That's beautiful. I, I, I hope you didn't say, and I missed it. Uh, how did you find this place? A friend, a friend just, because he's from Russia. He's a Russian guy. From and, our old okay. church. From our old church. Okay. And, hey, this yeah. is a really cool church. You should check it out. He is like, you and, uh, You two are like so spiritually powerful and this place is powerful and you have to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a kind of a large community in our county of Russians and they also were pretty awake to what was happening in 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, yeah, that's good to hear. Go sniff out their church. Yeah, yeah maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we should. They have like they host something at a church uh, that is always advertised in the Be Brave newsletter. And oh, really? Yeah, and they have like a dance or something. Okay. Where they do some kind yeah, of Be Be Brave is our like local uh, anti mask freedom and stuff. network. Yeah, I'm telling you, the food is fucking ridiculous. When they do potlucks, dude, it's it's the craziest shit. The, biggest spreads they're the friendliest people when we had our baby they had like a baby shower for us and they all put like money into a hat and prayed for us and like Aww. you know like uh, it's it's awesome. like a family they're just they're great fucking people well and we don't speak a word of russian yeah so we have little <laughs> headphone things and they translate for us and, oh whoa. whoa that's so cool but you had me at food like <laughs> i and then they speaking yeah. Americans. And then they have like, me up ours. there, yeah, at least once a month they, uh, to give a yeah, sermon. Yes. <laughs> and so then they translate me to them. Oh wow, that's ah. so cool. Oh wow, that's really a that's a neat story to hear that you found someplace even through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. forty plus minutes from our house. But. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> you know what? That sounds like it's worth it. Yeah, that sounds like that's that's a small yeah. price to pay. Yeah. yeah. I hope it's an enjoyable drive. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too bad. Yeah. Could be worse. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you mentioned food. You uh, we've, we've talked food a little bit before. Um, I can't, I can't quite remember. Maybe you didn't say, but, uh, I, but you said that you were in, in the food industry at least once upon a time or something to that effect. Still currently for the, moment. Still for the moment, for the moment. Yeah. Uh, I have been a professional chef since I was 17. Something oh, like. that's great. Yeah. Well, in I've been a cook since I was 17. I've been a chef for the last probably 10 years. Gotcha. The chef is like a title that you earn. You're in charge of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I've, uh, I've worked not at, but I've worked for uh, the same restaurant for 22 years. Wow. Um, I haven't, I haven't been there for 22 years, but I started as a dishwasher to help a friend one night and, um, ended up becoming friends with the owner. And I've, it's kind of been my always fallback job like where I, where I go to when, when, um, I need some, need some extra cash or something like that. Or when they really need somebody, he gets a phone call, which, uh, right. Right before all this COVID nonsense started, uh, I quit my job. I'd been working uh, in a body shop for a long time as a manager of the parts department. And I quit that in order to homeschool and start homesteading full time. And as I did that, I was going, you know, this is a little too much time. I need to get a, I need to get a part-time job. And just right then the path opened up that my old boss happened to call. And I was like, oh, hey, you think I could get some hours? So I started working 
you know, basically I work really early mornings <laughs> going and, and prep or yeah, it's not quite prep. I call it production. It's an Italian place. So I make raw pasta and ravioli and sausage and things like that. Yeah, it's, I work in an old Italian restaurant using those old machines, making ravioli and pasta. Yeah, that's fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, uh, it's great. And I've got over the years, I've got more than more than a thousand hours of of training in. So it's just uh, you know, I don't I don't think about it. I put on my that's when I get all my podcasting listened to and uh I just kind of shut off my brain for a few hours and and go make this stuff and then come home. And then I start my real job of being at home on the homestead with the family. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. I I luckily have a job too where I can just put a, a fucking earphone and, and veg out and just do my job, and it's great. Yeah, yep, that's awesome. What kind of restaurant are you working at now? So it's not a restaurant, and I. I don't really talk about it on air, but yeah. it's an job that I'll tell you guys about later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, really, I just want to know what you're making. Cause I'm, so, I was listening to you talk to Monica Perez about some meats stuffed into other meats. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like, she right. was asking you to make her rat aspic. I think she's asked several people now to make yeah. rat aspic. Do you, do you cook a lot at home too? Summer, huh? Yeah. That's going to be. Co- oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you cook a lot at home too? Yeah, I, yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much, yeah, all, all the time, yeah. I yeah. fucking <laughs> pretty much whenever the the fifteen year old wants for dinner, so <laughs> he cooks it cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, we just had my I've had my first online fermentation workshop last month, or it's still this month. Tomorrow's the next month. Oh and, right. Yeah, and like Monica Perez sh- showed up at the last minute and came, and now she's making sauerkraut and stuff, which she's been talking about for a while. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty damn cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you do any fermenting that kind of stuff? Have you ever gotten not into that? Really, not really anymore. We used to make kombucha. We used to make like some stuff like that, but uh, we haven't done much. We moved here in like August, and now we're just like trying to get the house baby proofed, and we're just like that's a constant thing because it changes all the time. I gotta Chickens. build a better chicken coop because I yeah uh, run. We gotta yeah. Run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got so many projects going right now. Like I'm not doing anything. Extra. Yeah. <laughs> I I can relate. <laughs> that's just what if you should settle into that feeling and like enjoy it. Cause that's like, seems like what life is going to be. Mm-hmm. It's just Forever. a series of projects yeah. that you're doing and that aren't done. And once something's finished, there's three more things that added onto the pile. Yeah. I start projects all the time uh, that I can't finish at that time, you know, cause something else comes up. That's just like, Sorry, you know, this this greenhouse is going to need to wait till next year because I got other stuff. You know, it was classic um, right after we moved in here. This was, you know, three years ago. I had 10 million things to do, of course, and I started homeschooling my boy at the same time. And with that list of a million things to do, I mean, it was it was kind of overwhelming. And then what happens? But our well goes out, our pump goes out. Which was like, okay, cool. We stop everything, you know, like water's water's a priority here. You know, like we got to put like literally just even the idea of settling in at this place on hold just to just to focus on the on the well and the pump. And it, and I wanted to think that sucked at the time. But by the time we got that straightened out, I was like, you know what? This was this was a blessing. This was uh, it. I needed to get to know our water system. Uh, I feel I felt more confident every day that we've been here since then, because I, I, I have an understanding of that. 
and that being a, a a central thing to to our to our homestead to our home to yeah, our lives we wouldn't have known how it worked if it wouldn't have given us trouble yeah if we'd been here this long that would be like and it and just everything happened to work fine and i didn't need to think about it then yeah. if that broke now i'd be going oh crap because now i have kind of bigger irons in the fire than i did at that time where i was just trying to clean things up and just get started you know it's like uh, i got i got some meat birds that are arriving pretty soon and you know i need to make sure that uh that the chicken tractor that i built is finished and ready for them the day that they show up you know all this kind of stuff and if i had to put all that aside for for the pump that'd be it would be a bigger deal so i like to look at all these things as we're always learning how long do they have to how long do they have to grow are like you're getting babies yeah, we're getting chicks. It should be six to eight weeks. We're getting the Cornish cross. So the big nasty ones that everybody says, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they'll look nice on the table when you roast the chicken. Yeah. I had a friend that that uh, had Cornish crosses and <laughs> he just let them live because he had them as pets. Jesus, dude. <laughs> he had yeah, a monsters. Rooster. Yeah, he had a rooster and this fucking thing was probably, I don't know, I'm exaggerating, but like maybe... <laughs> fucking long and like three feet wide this thing like was a like dog a dog size and it couldn't fucking move it would Aww. just like sit there and hang out and you'd bring <laughs> the food and water to it and just kind of oh you're in, you're in an, a fat chicken enabler at that point fat chicken it enabler. It yeah it was like <laughs> yeah it was fucking bizarre he was cool yeah, so he was really friendly because he couldn't move other <laughs> he had to be because he had to rely on you <laughs> yeah exactly We've, we've done, we've slaughtered our own roosters before and ha- used them for meat, but we've never had meat specific breed. So this will be our first time with that. Yeah. This is going to be a different game. It's not going to be doing, I think three's the most we've done in a day. I think it was four, but yeah, four, three, four. four. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be 25, you know, like it's going to be that, that day is going to be a big day with a lot of learning learning to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty confident that, well, it's good because we've done it before. So we understand the system. There was a few things that didn't work quite right last time. So we got like a better scalding pot. We just got one of those outdoor um, like propane cookers with a big pot for like a crab boil. And yeah. so we will use that this time. Last time I was using a, like an induction cooktop that was plugged oh, into an extension yeah. cord with like my <laughs> stock pot in it. And it was just, it was hard to keep it that hot enough. In five minutes to yeah. fucking get to start to boil. And shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. We started super early to get it up to temp by the time we were slaughtering. So we've got improved on that and um, we got some new coolers. So we'll have room to store them outside before we, you know, bag them and freeze them the next day. Yeah. Well, I think we'll be ready. Yeah. Fun. The one thing I haven't worked out is who's going to take care of the baby if we're both doing that. So <laughs> we have to talk about that. Like we, we might need somebody to come help. Some... Yeah. Maybe your mom could be here. For maybe my mom will come help. Your mom yeah. and your brother. Um, plus we might, we might want someone younger here too, that uh, could be here to give us a hand like yeah. your brother or something. Yeah. Like, so was, we might have invite some people over and cook dinner that night or something. So yeah, we'll just have good. a, we'll have an all day chicken processing party. <laughs> How is your oldest doing with that? Is he, do you think he's going to help? Is he going to want to be there? He'll, last time he was, what was that? It was, I was pregnant. So it was like a, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, Max, he was like, I could tell he wanted to go play. 
and didn't want to help. So he was like, oh, I'm just, I don't think I can watch. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't that he was really bothered. I feel like he just wanted to go do something. And else. the neighbors are on their trampoline over there. So if I can't watch, I might as well go jump on a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. He might, maybe he'll be more hands on this time. But, you know, he was supportive. Like he ate the meat. He knew where it yeah. came from. It was like a good learning experience conversation. I, I grew up hunting and fishing. And let him uh, give a, give a death blow. Give a, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think it wants to, <laughs> but we'll do it. We'll do it in a cone too, you know, so it'll be a little, little bit harder for him. More. Um, I would think uh, he would hopefully want to help like pull guts out. I don't um, know. That was my favorite thing was getting the fish when I was little. So just expect that he would want to do that, but he doesn't seem to like touching gross stuff as much as I did when I was a kid. Have you ever processed chickens or any other animals? Tons, man. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've killed a lot. Uh, the biggest animal I think I killed was a veal, uh, mm. but I've done several pigs. Uh, your, yeah, your aunt's pigs. Um, her husband died and like had like a big pork farm uh, and there was like too many fucking pigs. And yeah. so I was helping her call some. Well, and the and, during COVID, especially the butchers were just yeah. yeah so the slaughterhouses shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So there was no like she they had put her on like a two year waiting list to get <laughs> to like process meat to sell. Yeah, we had the same problem here within our community. We even yeah. had one close at the same time, at, like close permanently. There was like a, over a year waiting for for getting your yeah. animals processed. So mm-hmm. She was just giving the pigs. Yeah, she was like, "Please kill these pigs, please." To anyone before they turn into boars. They're because they were like big boys and they weren't quite a year old and they were over two hundred pounds already. Yeah, yeah. got to get rid of these fuckers. Yeah, dangerous they're, and like, they're, they're hard on fences. They dig up. Yeah. yeah. So how did yeah. that go? Were you prepared to do that? Like, did you know what you were doing as you went about that, yeah. or were you? Kind of well, so several out. years ago, I mean, I've, done, I've been doing butchering, like as a cook, you, you have to fucking, you have to learn how to butcher. Right. So yeah. I knew how to like clean meat well. And I knew, you know, all the practices, how to, in it, how to use knives well. And then, uh, I, we had got some classes actually, uh, when I was working for a company called Bon Appetit, um, they took us out to deer Island actually where, uh, you know, and they took us out there and, uh, we killed a couple pigs and like as a team, like a team building thing. And so it was like all the chefs and like the managers and everybody like high management got together. Like we killed a few pigs and we skinned them. We did the whole thing, broke them down, all the like the primal subprimals, And then we like had a big barbecue and cooked it out and stuff. And so like, I was fairly confident, like I knew what to do because I was really yeah. hands on with it. And, uh, and then I'm a fucking weirdo. Like when I was young, like I would just pick up butchery books and like, I wanted to learn how to do it because I wanted to be a cook. So I was like 18 and like, I would just fucking read stacks on how to like, here's the French butchering. Here's like how Americans butcher. Here's like, you know, all this weird shit. And I used to hang out. There was a meat processing plant, like down the road from my house. So I used to go out there and just hang out and I'd be like, can I watch you guys? And they're like, mm-hmm. yes, you fucking weirdo. And so they, <laughs> I think you're like it's the next serial but, killer in training. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Dude, they called me, my my whole family thought I was Jeffrey goddamn Dahmer when I was like, because I bought one of those, I bought one of those veals and I took it home when I was 18. I was like, can I buy him? I want to, I want to learn how to do this. So I like hung him in the backyard. I fucking slit his throat. I did the whole thing, butchered him like from, did the entire process. And my sister thought I was an, an actual, like, she's like, he's going to be a serial killer. He's going to be. A <laughs> That's funny. You know, they said that to me when I I worked in a, a grocery store um, meat counter 
yeah. uh, for, for a period of time. And I hadn't really worked with meat before that. Uh, they kind of hired me on just like a, like, you know, I had a good, good record of, of work and whatnot. And they brought me in and it was like day one They were, but I'd worked with food a lot, you know, and like, I I've eaten a lot of meat. Like I, I just kind of had a basic understanding of what I would be doing. And they started giving me primals to break down. And I just started doing it. I was like, like this, you want to come on like this. And everyone pretty soon there were like three or four of these guys like watching me doing this for my first time and they're like wow this guy's gonna be a serial killer man this guy <laughs> or or oh, no no that's right they were saying i was i must have been a serial killer in a past life because yeah. this this doesn't make sense i'm like i don't know man i grew up on a farm it's not that it's it's not that amazing that someone can figure out how to separate these muscles and stuff I was just a fat kid and I wanted to learn how to eat. Like, I mean, I want to eat, <laughs> I want to learn how to cook and yeah. And, and then it's fun too. Like you can see like where all the muscles are separated by like connective tissue and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's like, it's like taking apart Legos or something. Yeah. yeah. And if yeah. you're good with knives and stuff too, which I was always into knives. So like I've, I'm good at sharpening knives and all that kind of stuff. So it was just, I don't know. It was really, really natural for me to get in there and start, start separating those things. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, shooting it was a little bit of a... That yeah, was, yeah, I'm curious about that, too. Yeah, so that was fun-ish, kind of. That was traumatic <laughs> a little bit. So, like, this was the first time I went to go shoot a pig myself. And uh, so I was on your aunt's farm, and, like, they wanted me to corral this fucking pig into, like, one of these little thingamajigs. Pens? but One of these pins. And <laughs> so then I would get him. But he was like... I. I gave him some food and he was like, he was head down like this. And so it's like the perfect opportunity I thought, because you want to get him right here on the eyeballs, basically. Yeah. Just above the, in between the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That you can just get him. It'll hit his brain. It'll be quick. It'll be easy. But there was all these other fucking pigs in this giant fucking pin. And I was like, fuck it. I'll do it. And I, all I had was like, I had my nine mil on me. So I should have brought a rifle but I'm an idiot. And I, so I fucking went blah, like this and tried to get him. And I just beep, missed him and just like tore his face up. And I'm like, Aww. fuck. And so now he's bleeding. He's stressed. How the fuck am I going to get him in the pen? And his like 600 pound mom starts running at me because she smells the blood. She heard the noise and I'm like, fuck, this thing's going to kill me <laughs> like for real. And so then I like picked up a stick and like this, this thing looked like a moving refrigerator on its side, like coming at me yeah, and start smacking the stick. And like, and I would kept breaking it and then it would look at me and it was like, fuck you. And start running at me again. Then I'd smack the stick again. And like, and finally when there was this much stick left, it was like, it turned around and walked away. Like didn't call my bluff. Cause I was, I was like, that thing would have eaten me. I would have been. They do. Yeah. Pigs are huge and fast, faster than people might think. Yeah. Dude, they're big monsters. They're scary. Yeah. Yeah. So then I got the stupid thing corralled eventually, him and his brother, and I took out two of them. And then I did the deed, and it was. Well, and your friend hopped in the pen. You shot him. That was the second time. So, so actually, so then I was alone that time. time. Yeah. I was, dude. (laughs) With all these fucking pigs, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was not fun. Second time, I actually brought a rifle. I brought an AR, and it was quick. It was easy. But my my actually my uh, my teammate Tony, my uh, my uh, co-host to our show, mm-hmm. 
uh, he was the only person that volunteered. Like this was like a freedom cell thing. And I was like, Hey, does anybody want to learn how to kill some pigs? And so like, we were going to go, we actually went up to Washington and we taught a class up there. Uh, but like, I was trying to get someone local to come and help me. Like, like, let's do this. And Tony was the only one that volunteered to come and help. So, uh, that's how we met. And well, we kind of met before at Sasquatch Freedom Festival, which mm-hmm. where we want you guys to come. That would be a lot of fun. We'll oh, talk about soon it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's where we had met like a year before. And then so we go, he comes and helps me. We shoot these dumb bastards with an AR. It was quick. It was easy. It was fun. We took these guys up to Washington and we taught a class for a bunch of like, it's it was like an Agora, an agorist freedom cell. And right we just gave all the meat away and everybody had fun. And we broke everything down, had a great time and had a meal. That's amazing. And that's the right idea, man. Love that. Yeah. We had, we've had hogs, uh, a previous place we lived, but we, hi- we hired a processing, they came out and they take them out there on the, on the land and then take them back to. Yeah. It was a, it was a mobile slaughter unit. Yeah. It's so, a, fun, man. Yeah. I had a buddy yeah. that had one of those. <laughs> yeah. They do a really, really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Dude, we can kill some pigs together. They're easier than you think. They're fun to. If you yeah. can kill a chicken, you can kill a pig. Yeah, oh, I, I'm sure of it. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 a it's a matter of crossing that bridge with each animal in each time. Right. You know, like, because uh, like, man, it was a long time ago. I think I've told this story on this podcast. So I'll do do the the quick version. But um, when I was about 22, 25, something like that, me and my friends had this, uh, this brutal idea as a bunch of metalheads that we would get a goat and we were going to slaughter a goat for six, six Oh six. Cause we were stupid. Were you going to um, drink the blood? What were you going to do? Uh, we're just, think... we're just going to roast the goat and eat it. You know, and nothing, listen, nothing listen nefarious. Listen to metal and drink a bunch of beer. Well, we were just going to drink beer party and you know roast this goat and uh you know it's it's like five of us all able-bodied young men and we purchased the goat and you know we're in city limits and we're in the backyard and it was it was you know here here we're ready to do it we we had a engine um hoist set up so that we could we could get it up and all this kind of stuff and then it was like who's gonna slit its throat and I was like, I think I might've been the first one to ask that question. And everyone was like, oh, we figured you were going to be doing that. And I was like, oh no, I figured you would. No, you, no, no. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Well, I'll do it. And I, I had not prepared myself at all. I hadn't thought about it. It was a, it was a waking up moment for me uh, to realize that all of us able-bodied young men had no clue how to do this really basic act. Yeah. And I was like, man, I need to, I need to start taking my own life into my own hands a little bit more if, uh, if I'm going to survive on the, on the macro sense of things in this world, uh, from that time. Well, but, there's uh, like a humbling, weird sovereignty to it too. Like, I like, or I don't know what, what it is really, but like, dude, it it's intense when you, when you kill an animal, like, like, oh man, I was shaky after killing those pigs you know what i mean especially the first mm-hmm. time especially after i killed that poor bastard that i fucked up you know what i mean mm-hmm. i heard him and then i had to like take his life again i'm like dude i'm so sorry i was like apologizing to him i was like man i didn't mean to hurt you <laughs> like yeah 
Mm-hmm. God, it's it's something. It's intense. It's, it's like it is part of the human experience, I think, in a way that we're so disconnected from these days as, as individuals, like so many people are not, I mean, like, like, you know, sometimes it baffles me. I think about some other people in this world, in this, in this very culture that we live in. And I go, you know, there's people out there who've never picked an apple from a tree and eaten from eating that, you know what I mean? Like there's people who, who, who maybe don't even like realize that that's a concept that they could do, you know, let alone slaughtering their own animals, you know, like, like, especially, especially if you think just like a kid, like a, like a typical 10 year old kid, like they there's, and I mean, like in a city who's just living the American life as it is today, like they really probably haven't put too much thought into the idea of that. A person could needs to pick an apple from a tree before it passes through several people's hands and gets coated in wax and it ends up in the grocery store before it passes through my mom and the checker. And then uh, back to my house before she washes it, cuts it up and hands me these apple slices, you know, like there's so far, we're all so far removed from our food um, that, you know, like that it's taken to such a next level. If you think about slaughtering and processing your own animals, it's, it's, um, it's not something that is a part of our culture. No, yeah, that's for I've sure. Never done it. <laughs> and it's not something that I think everyone needs to do. But everybody should understand how it happens and be witness to it at some point. I mean, I was fortunate enough to grow up with a dad who hunted, did hunting and fishing. So I fished all the time and then we hunted grouse and I've never done big game with him, but he would bring it home and I would be present when he we were dressing it, the animal, you know. So it was just, I knew where my food came from and I knew what that meant and how important it was. I think there's something to say that like that your body is more ready to accept something when you have part, take part in creating it, raising it, growing it too. Yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. There's something about it. Absolutely. And I think that some people should at least be, should witness it once or participate in it once. It's like, it's like psychedelics. I think everyone needs to take at least one giant fucking heroic dose heroic dose yeah we never had that as a term when i was taking heroic doses all the time i didn't know i I was used to heroic dose all the time and i didn't even didn't even know plus i was too drunk to like take anything spiritual away from it but (laughs) you could do it now yeah well i microdose now i mess with it a little bit now yeah um but uh i i haven't done a heroic dose in in a long time. <laughs> yeah. But I quit I quit drinking a while back and that uh that has been so good for me. But I was I was pretty far gone on the on the drinking level. It was a it was a, a long difficult process that really was before I even met Lanny. But then I started drinking again as we got together because we were like we were like having fun. But I but I, I went from drinking every day. To be, I became this binge drinker where I wouldn't drink for like a week. And then I drink. Yeah. God, God, ungodly amounts. A, a 30 pack <laughs> yeah. of tall cans. Like, like literally. And then, and then maybe start again in the morning, you know, but, but then, but then be done after a day or two, as opposed to, yeah, you know, I spent, I spent about a decade just drinking all the way around the clock all the time. 
So, and that's when, and that's when that heroic dosing would have happened. Yeah, <laughs> so that just, definitely muddies that. I think I, I think I destroyed my ability to have like spiritual uh, evolution during that time just by blocking it all out. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, that's true. But you might have also learned some lessons from that. Oh, absolutely. I'm very open to that as a concept. So tell us more about uh, this uh, this Squatch Fest, dude. It's it's really cool. Actually, we have the flag in the back. Oh see. yeah, yeah. That's the so, such a great great. Flag. I love that yeah. flag. <laughs> you got Sasquatch. He's armed. He's got the porcupine. Got the goose. First <laughs> the year goose. they gave us yeah. this and a t-shirt, and then last year they gave us machetes. So I have like a. A special edition machete for that. <laughs> that's awesome. Dude, that's great. Uh, yeah, man, it's awesome. Uh, it was a friend of mine, Miguel, and a friend of mine, Brian. So Brian owns the property, and my buddy Miguel started this, uh, like, just little Freedom Festival. And, like, they've had some pretty big folks show up. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a pretty fucking neat thing. Like, uh, who are all the dudes that are, like, all the Gorist guys? I can't remember their names that do all the, <laughs> like – Here's all the prepping and all the growing food indoors if you need to loose the goose people or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're they are the unloose the goose people. Brian is uh is one of those unloose. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Um, oh, that's killer. Yeah, everyone's friendly, everyone's cool, man. And this was like during the 2020 lockdown, too. Like yeah. this is like when everyone was nuts, and so this was like I was really becoming like I was a libertarian before, but I was like discovering like hard anarchism and hard like uh, like agorism and i like a friend of mine turned me on to this because like i was in charge of like a little freedom uh, like a little uh liberty movement chapter thing in washington county where i was at at the time yeah and so i got invited to this and i went out there and uh it was the fucking coolest thing it's just this big beautiful like 10 acre property out there uh it's pretty close to like it's on the peninsula somewhere out in like northwestern Washington and just a beautiful property, really cool people. Uh, they've got l- a little Agoras stuff set up. You can buy anything you're looking for, whatever you're looking for. They have music, you know what I mean? They have wow. like a big, like bonfires, fun, just hanging out, just cool people. And they have lots of classes, like you said. Yeah. Like- and yeah. And generally they'll like, yeah, they'll have like workshops, like they'll teach mm-hmm. you how to do hydroponic growing stuff in your in your house and this and that and the other and as foraging foraging yeah walks that kind of cool, cool stuff it's just it's just a fun place to get together with but people. also like, they run like sound baths and yoga and- yeah there, there's crunchy yeah. hippie stuff going on yeah mm-hmm. some of it's yeah. crunchy and hippie but everyone's that's, that's part of this scene that's part of the the scene is you get deeper Maybe not so much libertarian, but when you go a little past that and you start getting to agorism and and stuff where it's like really uh, decentralizing the system, you start finding some crossover with hippies that uh, and it's especially to right now in the last two years with with all the covid nonsense that's gone on. Uh, There are a lot lot of lot of people before 2020 who were anti-vax were of of the hippie of the crunchier, hippier Mm -hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. So of course there's going to be some crossover. I know in the last in the last year I've met so many liberals who like secretly voted for Trump <laughs> uh, <laughs> because because they they saw the way things were going. 
Um, of course, they're all the ones that are hanging out with us. We do something similar. I mean, that, that sounds like what we do, our, our greener postures, Agora that we put on. Uh, that sounds like what we do, but on steroids. Yeah, just um, bigger and camping and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because we we just it's like a it's like three hours a couple afternoons throughout the summer. Um, yeah, it's more like a f- farmer's market, but not for douchebags. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a farmer's market, but without masks and vaccines. <laughs> yeah. So we had like the first time I think we had probably 60 people. The second one we had closer to a hundred. Yeah. And then we and I had, think that's the max we'll ever yeah, I don't be really able want to more have. than that here. Cause it's, we had it in our orchard and the parking's like in our pasture. And um, we had, uh, like the first time I had people I wasn't expecting. I just kind of advertised in the local like freedom group, um, their little newsletter. And we got like a local chiropractor who wanted to come and set up a booth. So we had a chiropractor like giving adjustments in the yard and we had an herbalist who made tinctures and, and salves and, and like herb blends and stuff. She was there. And I don't know, people just, somebody makes making soap, you know, the, the more standard stuff, tallow soap. And we sold our, you know, we had our sauerkraut and our sausage. Sauerkraut, sausage, apple cider vinegar, all all the stuff that we're always selling. Um, Eggs. eggs, Because we, we, we're, we sell all those things all the time uh, to, to friends and we don't have a freedom cell per se, but we kind of started starting a freedom cell before we realized that that's not quite the program for us, but we're all still, still close together. Yeah. There's and, a couple of people who call their group a freedom cell. And then there's a larger group we have in town. That's just more less um, like the, there's the Liberty group. That's really geared toward like, let's go down to the courthouse and protest, or let's try to make change through voting city and council meetings go to speak at city council meetings, which like, I respect. That is not our that's, deal. That's cool. But <laughs> then we're like, did you know, you don't have to vote or do any of those things. Did you know that was an option? Cause you might not have known that. Cause we have, then we have these other friends that are more like geared towards anarchy or agorism, or at least they're, curious about that and uh we we get together with a potluck once a month and they've got there's a a group in a couple families that bought this big gigantic mansion on like 10 acres here and it's that needs a lot of work but they're fixing that up they have this indoor space that used to be like a montessori school yeah it's like a it's like a huge house and then a monast there was a montessori school behind it and that's all there it's it's multiple families that are all somewhat like-minded to us, maybe a little crunchier, maybe not, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah. So they've got the, the house and then this place out back, which in, even during the middle of winter in December, we did another one of these agoras not called greener postures, but, um, yeah, they wanted me to help them set it up. And so we, they called it a holiday fair and they had, we were able to do something indoors in December when, cause we wouldn't have been able to do that on our property. Can't mm-hmm. have parking at that time of year on our mm-hmm. pasture and outside stuff. So that was fun. We had like, yeah, holiday market and there's been bands at, at both of all of those things. And- yeah. We've had live music at every one of these things that we've done. Another person from our freedom cell, uh, did it did another one of these as well last year so like they're really catching on in our yeah. in our area but they're much smaller than what it sounds like squatch fest is you know it's not that fucking huge i think maybe 100 150 people show up you know it's oh, just yeah, oh, okay tight net it's pretty chill uh it's like camping it's like three days out there out in like actual paradise it's fucking beautiful out there and people just hang out, dude, and barbecue, and everyone's having a good time. Most people are smoking pot, you know, but not everybody. And just like, yeah. 
everyone's just fucking chill. Were there that's, are there lots great. of kids there? No, but some there people do. Some people bring, yeah. Yeah. And and you know, as you said that back, that's that's a big difference. 150 people doesn't sound like that many more than ours, but ours like it's like for three hours. And when we say a hundred people, they came through. Yeah, not, maybe there not weren't a hundred people here for three hours. You no, know, God. it's people it's came, like, kind of check it out, go shopping, get some food. Walk, a, lot, a lot of like older people who don't buy into all this nonsense of, of COVID and whatnot would like come by and um you know buy some eggs and 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 say thank you and then get back in their cars and go. They weren't they weren't really there to socialize or or hang out or whatever. But that would be the big difference with Squatch Fest seems bigger just because it's like it's three pe- people are gonna like yeah. you're gonna all get to know each other in that time yeah. and whatnot. That's They're, pretty cool. You'll you'll yeah. see the same you'll see the same people walking by and stuff and get to know them, you know. Yeah. So I, I have that time off, which is pretty awesome. So I think this is the first, like I've only, I've only ever gone for a day. I'd always mm-hmm. just show up for a day and I'm getting surgery on my wrist here pretty soon. And so I have like some time off and uh, like for it to heal. So I'm still going to take it easy or whatever, but like, I'm going to go fucking hang out at Squatch Fest and heal your wrist, go chop some wood. I was going to say, just no chopping wood. <laughs> The last time we were there too, because like uh, I took my son. This was probably the last time we, you know, were ever going to be able to go to concerts without jabs. Uh, my son, like I used to play Weezer for him all the time when he was little, and so he started liking Weezer as a teenager. And so we went and got tickets to go uh, see Weezer in Seattle, and this was this last October, almost something like that. And I don't know what time it was. I don't know when it was. It was some something like that. Uh, so we went out there and we had a fucking awesome time. And, uh, my buddy, Brian, he owns a property. He let us stay up there. And so we, we camped for a few nights and then, uh, it was just, it's great. Those people are fucking awesome. Like it would be really awesome for you guys to get to know all those folks. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But unfortunately we've got other stuff on our calendar for that weekend. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out how we can juggle it. And then we're really smart and we put um, 22 eggs in the incubator and I just did the math. I haven't even told you this. I just did the math earlier and that puts their hatch date like right on that Saturday of that weekend. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Cause then you can't just leave them in the, they can stay in the incubator for like 12 hours after they hatch, but then you got to get them somewhere that has more air and some water. Well, <laughs> a, a full month ahead advance which is what you gave us should be plenty <laughs> but yeah but if we we should we should find out next year like as as soon as we can i'll try and get like a little more tapped in Where, to... was this the one that they were doing things twice a year was it a spring mm-hmm. and a fall okay yeah, so maybe in the fall again too. oh cool. uh, there oh. was one in october but um i had a baby on the 4th of october so oh yeah Fourth of October. So you like just you know wore the baby the whole time. (laughs) Just just went tough. I know. I'm always amazed when women do that. They're like out the next day jogging with the baby strapped to them or something. (laughs) They're like, what are you doing? I did not feel good enough for that for six weeks or so. So at least, yeah, you need to heal. And it's such an important part of that whole process. It's the (laughs) the fourth trimester. Yeah. What uh, I I remember, I'm always baffled when you say it. What do the what does the state say you need? time off when you're a female that's works full-time it was like four weeks that they agreed to pay four me weeks for. before you get back to they told me to that yeah it was like a uh short-term disability claim was what my maternity leave short-term disability for. which also is yeah. std yes they said your your STD. Baby was from STD. having a baby your std lasts that long and then you just need to get back to get to but get back to life yeah um to 
to get that though, I would have had to apply for short-term disability coverage like I think 10 months in advance. They put it at 10 months be, so that you couldn't claim it or you couldn't sign up for it. Or a pregnancy. You found out you were pregnant. That's stupid. So wait, yeah, 10 months and nine months. Uh, hold on. I'm not yeah. good at math, but I, I <laughs> see something's not lining up here. <laughs> My job didn't That's have maternity sucks. leave and I couldn't get short-term disability because I didn't know I had to sign up ahead of time. And yeah. I could have, like we knew we were trying to get pregnant. Yeah, but you didn't know until you needed, you know, you went to go do it. That's stupid. I didn't know that's how it worked, right? Yeah. So. Next time. <laughs> are Are you back at work now, or are you are you home with the six month? I just started working one day a week. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. See, that's great because then you're getting out of the house a little. You can you can break things up. Yeah, but I I drove was driving home from my work on after my first day and I was just like baby 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 yeah yeah oh, I'm sure of it I'm sure of it I, I don't think we're supposed to really be away from them when they're that age you know it's like the, the same way. <laughs> society really makes you feel like you're supposed to you're supposed to get your you know body after baby and you like get oh, exercising and go to work and like get back to paying taxes it's yeah. like no, it's of not. What, of what, what use are you if yeah. you're not paying taxes? That's why they give you four weeks, which is just ridiculous to me. Like, I think four years is not enough. Like, really. Like, I think uh, I think when when a baby comes into to your world, ideally, you know, you spend all your time with them for for, yeah, for a long time. Really, but at least that first year is just just be with them as much as you can. One year, I could someone could convince me of one year. And we did. I did know? two. I did two and a half years with our. I stayed home with our first one for two and a half years, and before I had to go back. And then mm-hmm. it was supposed to be part time. It quick quickly escalated to me then being the production manager of the shop and being there for 50 hours a week or whatever which which totally sucked like i mean you know i like money so it was great but at the same time that's when he started going into um what do you call it daycare Mm -hmm. um you know starting out a little bit because you were going back part-time but then slowly because i was working you know 60 hour weeks and then you were working before we knew it 40 hours a week Mm -hmm. five days a week and our son, who was, you know, under five at the time. By then he was three. Three. Yeah. I just know under five because we took him out. He was five. Uh, so three to five. So in two years, he was going five days a week, eight hours a day. You know, like that's more than you're going through elementary or middle school or probably even high school. Because like, you're not having spring break or summer off or anything. It's like. Yeah, because we're, we're poor. So we don't do things like vacations and stuff <laughs> like that. We just kept working always and you know don't really think anything of it as as grown-ups or whatever but you know this little kid he's he's going to he's going to this you know we call it school now when we look back at it but you know daycare the first it was daycare then it was then it was considered pre-k like preschool Mm -hmm. but it was it was like felt good at first because there was so much play and like outside play and they would go on nature walks and it was like he was excited to be with other kids 
But then when it got to like pre-K time, it was just about getting them to sit down and be quiet, hold a pencil in their hand, right? Stand in line, put your jacket on when you ask. And our kids not a really like jump to it when somebody tells them to do something. So it was not, it started to become like a struggle. He would be getting in trouble for doing what seemed like really normal boy behavior for his age. So, and it was really, well, he needs to be prepared to go to kindergarten next year. So he needs to be able to sit at the table for six hours or whatever it was. And raise his hand before going to the bathroom. And under no circumstance, he kept getting in so much trouble for pretending to hunt, shoot. Uh, They'd they'd set him straight on no guns, no pretend guns, nothing that could even be possibly considered a gun. And they'd be like, cool, I'm doing bow and arrow. I'm doing archery. And they'd be like, that's still a weapon. You know, like everything that he was doing, they'd call it a weapon. And they, and the whole thing was like, they could, they could overlook it because boys are being a boys being a boy, but they'd say, no, we're preparing him for school. And school is, he's going, this is when, when us as parents are going to be suffering consequences. If he's going and pretending to shoot a bow, doesn't matter if he's pretending to shoot an animal or a person or whatever, a weapon is a weapon is a weapon. And yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. So we decided he's not, wasn't going to go to public school. So we took him out before kindergarten. Yeah. 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 It's fucking horseshit. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. I mean, I just, we're fucking humans, man. And we're like, we're fucking animals and we're not meant to fucking sit in a desk and sit inside of a fucking cubicle. And it's just. When, when you get to, it's always, they're always preparing you for something. They Mm -hmm. prepared you for kindergarten. Then they prepared you for real elementary school then they prepare you for high school and in high school they're like oh we're preparing you for when you get a job and you have to like at my school that we had to dress a certain way first of all and we had to behave a certain way and we had to be prepared to sit in the cubicle for eight hours a day and not move and not do anything that anyone else would find offensive and so crazy (laughs) i mean i guess i must have always been an anarchist because i was just you couldn't fucking make me sit down and I no. wasn't going to fucking do it. Like if my, at my, like if I was a high schooler now, I absolutely would have been like, what do they call it? Like oppositional defiant disorder or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, no, I have a backbone and I'm not taking your indoctrination and you can suck my dick and fuck off. That's, <laughs> that was uh that's, that's, that was my school story. I, I, last time I was in school was eighth grade. I, I finished our last school. I finished. I was in ninth grade, but I did not. That was like finish a couple of weeks. Grade. It yeah. was really short. Like yeah. I, I, I made it through that summer. I had to go back to school and I started, I started just walking out of my classes when yeah. the, when the teachers right. would piss me off, which by that time it was everything didn't matter, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I'm worried I, about my 15 year old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, he, our 15 year old, keep saying that he thinks he wants to go to high school and right now he's at home with uh-huh. like attempting to do homeschool but my son is <laughs> the most like outgoing needs to be talking like he's just bubbly and ne- very social and very social and so he wants to go to high school because he wants to go and have fun with friends 
but that's the only thing he wants to do is go have fun with friends. And he's right. Like that doesn't go over well. Cause they don't want you to have fun or have friends. They yeah, want he's to sit he's, down he's not thinking about up. the fact that they're treating you like cattle with bell telling you when, when to go where and yeah. all this other crap. Yeah. Our eight year old is the same way. He's super talkative and likes to tell stories and share what he's into. And like, just wants to have a conversation. Like, with any person like at the park he's always just trying to like hang out with other dads he's yeah like, he always goes he wants to hang out with the with the adults not that he's not like the a, kids. just like i see him from across the way he's got his hands like on his hips like a little man and he's like just talking to like this dad who's looking at him all weird and i was like what you're talking to that guy for oh yeah he was he was pretty cool we were just watching the kids play and talking about zelda or whatever <laughs> okay oh that's cool so like uh we had a friend Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. We had a friend that was just commenting, like, don't you, what do you think would happen if he went to public school? I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think that would go well at all. He's like, he would, he would drive some teachers insane. They'd be, they'd be driven to violence. Driven to violence. <laughs> and I was like, so he'd probably only be talking to the teachers. He'd be right. like back there at the desk and be like talking about the students and the. Yeah, <laughs> totally at first he'd be asking the the teacher a lot of questions about the moon landing <laughs> and then when the teacher is driven to violence and he's kicked out of the room then he'll be at recess being like hey hey guys let me tell you about the moon landing oh, yeah because he's just like i'm just i don't know listening to the bart sabrell tape on ta- uh, book on tape <laughs> yeah he's he's really into this uh moon man book by bart sabrell right now you know who that is mm He's uh he's the guy who got punched by Buzz Aldrin when he when he confronted Buzz Aldrin and asked him to swear he went to the moon on a Bible. Buzz Aldrin <laughs> popped him. <laughs> well, that's enough evidence for me. Hey, I know, right? <laughs> he wouldn't swear on a Bible, and he's like just socked him. Uh, yeah, he was on he was on Deborah gets red pilled with me and Adam and Deborah. Bart Sabrell was so I I, I needed to listen to his book before before talking to him i wanted to have that under my belt and then lanny picked it up too and she's like oh yeah i'm gonna start listening to this and then the eight-year-old just kept overhearing it and asking like asking a lot of questions and then he's like mom can i just listen to this with you i'm like yeah come on and so it was was great yeah Uh, the whole beginning of the book is really talking about him being like followed by you know the cia or whatever that's trying to stop him from sharing this evidence that he has and that was really riveting to our son like that he could be you know what direct energy weapons stopping his car and stuff like that so it was it was great conversation yeah it was heart attack guns mm-hmm. scary stuff mm-hmm. that's crazy man that's awesome I, yeah yeah <laughs> that's awesome um I think it was probably my fault. I ruined my son in a good way. You ruined him. <laughs> in a good way. Ruined in a good way. I love it. Ruined in a good way. Yeah. I, I would always tell him, I was like, look, question everything, especially anything somebody tells you. Question their motives. Why are they telling you that? Think it logically through. Even if I'm telling you something, question yeah. what I tell you. And then it, now he does, and I'm like, "Fuck, all right." Mm-hmm. Like, just listen to what I say. Don't don't think about it now. I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, my son is gonna be a freshman next year, and that's gonna be. I don't know. He went to school for the first half of eighth grade. He wanted to go to school because we moved here to a new town, and so he wanted to meet friends. And yeah. And then he quit school because he. Thank God. I got I got kicked out of five high schools my freshman year. I got expelled five times. 
Uh, yeah, you kept going back. That's that's. I don't know I mean, if that's good or. <laughs> take me to the next school. Then by the time I was like going to community school, and I got expelled from a community school, and then I got expelled from like the bad boy school. I can't. It's called like transitions. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, we have stuff like that here too. Boy school, like just like juvie ish kind of school, and I got kicked out of that. And uh, I don't know how I. Anyway, somehow I graduated with honors at the end. Like, <laughs> that was a funny <laughs> didn't see that coming, huh? No, I did not. That is a twist to the story for sure. Like, well, he his Julian was born years. Oh two, my! Two months before he graduated. Yeah, my school. son got to go to my graduation. So, so. I think your <laughs> senior year, he kind of cleaned up and tried to that will change things for sure sure <laughs> senior year i was like all right i'll play football again i'm i'm gonna you know and then i knocked up my girlfriend uh so then i was like all right i on guess purpose. I'm, yeah we were trying <laughs> and weren't you know anyways we were just idiots uh, we thought we were gonna go be hobos in seattle that was our plan we're like <laughs> we're just gonna go be homeless raise a baby in seattle and it's gonna be awesome that, that was, sounds like something you would think to do when you're 17, for sure. Mm-hmm. I get it. So I knocked up my girlfriend and I was like, well, maybe that's not a great idea. So uh, we, I, so I just went, did homeschool or whatever the fuck, like computer kind of bullshit and got a full-time job. And that's when I started working in kitchens. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and you got to graduate with online school, right? So mm-hmm. like you weren't in the classroom, you weren't being yelled at by idiot teachers to take your hood off. No, or, my like... teacher didn't fucking give a <laughs> shit at all. She just gave me fucking work. She's like, this is what you have to do. And I'll come back like every two weeks to make sure you did it. And I'll grade it. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's so, the running Julian school now. And I was probably like smoking meth at the time or something too. <laughs> like I was doing all kinds of crazy drugs in high school. So yeah, sure. uh, I would just sit there and I was like, all right. So I just read the fucking textbook and then do the whole, all the fucking work. And then, and I would get it all done. And then I could fuck around for like the next two weeks. And yeah. Then, yeah. 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 When you were at work. And, yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, an observation I make with you graduating with honors there too, the, the tacking on and the honors. I don't um, even know what that means. I yeah, neither graduate. do I. Yeah. But <laughs> it sounds great. And I'm just going to roll with this. Of, uh, and because this is me tooting my own horn or something while I toot yours as well. Of just that. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, sounds good. Of, um, well, like I was really defiant, just like, just like you were. The only difference is I, I ran away from my parents so that they couldn't put me in another high school. <laughs> you know, otherwise that would have been the same thing. Um, how old but you? I was, uh, 14, 15. Yeah. yeah I was beginning of ninth grade. 16. Uh, you, you did it early. <laughs> yeah. I think it was 14. Was it 14? Yeah. yeah it was, I, I was young. I was, I was too young, but I mean, it had to do with me falling out with my parents, with my church and school was just like this ridiculous thing that I, I mean, I was just, I was over it. And, uh, yeah, like I, I ran away from home completely. You know, I didn't, I didn't see my family for, for a birthday and a Christmas and all of that. Like, I didn't even think about coming home. You know, I was, I was like hopping on freight trains and, and just going, nobody knew how old I was. I, I, I pretended to be a grown up, and I don't know, just kind of, kind of fended for myself. And it's helped that your beard was growing already. Yeah. And I had, I, you know, I had a short scruffy beard and, you know, I just, I just, I just managed to, I managed to pull this off or whatever. And it didn't last long or whatever, but what I was really getting at is that I was really defiant. It sounds like you were really defiant 
Uh, I know a lot of other people, especially in this sphere of, uh, of anarchist, agorism, libertarian, all this shit. A lot of us were really defiant when we were young. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's really it ends up being a sign of intelligence. Like uh, that's what I meant by tooting my own horn or, or yours or whatever as well. Mm-hmm. Like I like I'm I'm stupid in one sense. Like I can't I can't sit down and pass a class because I I fucked school off so hard or whatever. But um, at the same time, I did all that so young. And by the time I was 16, I, I kind of started like settling down. <laughs> And like chilling out and, you know, I got my license and got a job and I started paying taxes when I was 16 and I started reading, I started picking up books and I started reading and, um, you know, I realized even though they told me my whole time I was in school that I was dyslexic and then I don't even know, maybe that was true, but I started reading on my own at my own pace and you know, whatever I wanted to. And it was like, Oh, I love this shit. I love reading philosophy books and, you know, books on anarchism and stuff, even though the ones I was reading back then were total horseshit. Uh, but I liked it. Um, you know, I was, I was into expanding my mind. And I think a lot of us are like that, but when we're put into a school and they try to, they try to force us into these molds and check boxes next to our names and all these kind of things, it drives us insane. And we end up being really defiant. And I think it's like, it ends up in a way being a sign of intelligence and a sign of, of, of critical thinking. I think so too, man, because we just rejected the programming, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I, I've always been like that. I could see the fucking them trying to manipulate me and them trying to, I was like, fuck you. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I just always, yeah. when I was like, like when I was in third grade, I think like before then they'd fucking make me, but around third grade, I was in a Christian school and they were trying to make me fucking put my hand on my heart and, and say the Pledge of Allegiance. And I just said, no, fuck you. I'm not pledging. I'm not pledging. It was like, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to make me do, but this is bullshit. And do you know how much goddamn trouble I got in? They thought I was demon possessed. They thought I was all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's my for as long as I can remember, I felt like I was there was a lie. I was being lied to. And I, there was like any authority figure was, they were trying to trick me and they were lying to me. And I didn't know why I didn't know what the game was. I didn't know what they were trying to hide, but I knew I was being lied to. And I didn't realize until a lot later that it's like most of those adults didn't know that they were telling a lie. They just were just going through the motions as well. But I thought like everybody was in on it and there was some secret I didn't know. So I was just resisting everything. And I it like made me so, I was so violent when I was young, like in middle school, I was in trouble all the time for trying to beat somebody up or punching a wall or breaking a window. And it was like, as soon as I decided I wasn't going to go back anymore and I started working full-time, which was, I was later than you. I was, it was my middle of my junior year, I think. I would have probably been 17 by then. Um, and then I was, it was like, I was free, you know, like I didn't have to, I could make up my own rules. I, I had my own paycheck. I had my own car and then I could just settle down. I never, you got your GED. I never did that. Yeah. yeah. After all that, I ended up being, I'm the smart one. I'm the smart one in this <laughs> yeah, he's relationship. Got the G, he's got the credentials. <laughs> it's not true. <clears throat> like punching walls and punching people and stuff. is like, you're just trying to escape. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Get away. Like, yes. 
Yeah. That's yeah. And my dad always felt like this too. And he, so I kind of like grew up with him being, he was, he would follow the rules for the most part, but there was just things that he was just like, this is inconvenient to me. This doesn't benefit me. This doesn't like, I'm not going to put my seatbelt on. Yeah. Until I get to the first light because we lived out in the country. So he would not wear it until he got to the first stoplight and then he'd put it on so he wouldn't get a ticket. Right. (laughs) Just like this mindset. And I drive my mom crazy because she's not like this. And uh, like (laughs) I married this one, you know, and I'm becoming more and more kind of, I don't know. You're finding freedom and actually finding it like the ability to say no to your mom and no to like culture yeah 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 totally and so she's just like thinking that nathan is doing this and i'm like yo okay i was the calmest like straight a student as much as i physically could be and like never did anything wrong (laughs) according to their little rules but like occasionally i would just have a little outburst at someone and just be like this is ridiculous this doesn't make any sense it's unfair you're and in fact you're doing it wrong even according to your standards and like you're trying to force me into this box I don't fit in this box and I don't understand why and I'm just like so I was mad but I was inside yeah very very bottled up and now I have problems. (laughs) (laughs) We all have to unlearn so much, you know, and have to work through that programming that makes us feel guilty for everything we do. Like I grew up, my mom's uh, Italian Catholic. Mm -hmm. So it's like, everything is just like guilty. Oh, you're doing that. You know, with an raised eyebrow, she doesn't have to say anything. It's like, I know what she's thinking and I can feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They could just look at you and you're like, Oh man. Catholics live steeped in guilt. You know, her mom, her mom doesn't ever ask for anything she puts a guilt trip on people to you know oh i guess i'm going to have to get up and you know i don't know oh maybe turn that light on now it's really difficult to do when you're over 70 you know (laughs) and it's like would you like me to go turn on that light is that what you're i I have no no. problem no 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 don't let me make you get up I don't mind me. I've gotten up so many times because I'm so old and it's so difficult for me, but I can do it. (laughs) When her mom does tries that shit on me, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess you better go turn on the I'll I'll just let her fucking do it because I won't play her bullshit. Like, like, she won't even give opinions though. Like, she doesn't do anything directly. So, like, she made this dish and she put green onions on it. She didn't want to, but she did (laughs) because it was in the recipe. And hates on you. That's the level. Of, that's, that's the level of rule following she does. Oh but my gosh, that's the best. Admit it verbally, because then you had asked her. You're like, yeah, because Nathan. She thought Nathan likes green onions, so I still have to do this. And I was like, hey mom, did you want to put the green onions on there? And she's just like, well, but Nathan had to. But did you want them? Well, I mean, you know, sometimes these other people make this recipe differently in this other way. And, you know, oh, but she just, she won't, she wouldn't say, question. I don't like onions and I didn't want ask them on her, there. Yeah. You can ask her a fucking question and she'll give you the runaround. No, she's it's not directly. She was yeah. asking her opinion. Yeah. You know, and that is what happens with women who have 
stayed the straight path through the system. I mean, uh, and like lots of variations with that. But when you think of like the Deborah Gets Red Pilled podcast and you think mm-hmm. of Deborah as like an example as well, it's like you really directly ask her, like, what do you think about that? Well, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't really think about it, I guess. I don't, you know, it's never a straight yes or no. Yeah. And it's like, for me, I'm so focused on that idea. I cannot lose who I am. Like I cannot lose touch with me being able to think for myself and imagine like how I feel about something. Yes. Lots and lots and lots of things that I do throughout the day is for other people. I'm taking care of my kids. I'm, I'm like thinking what you guys like when I'm planning dinner, mm-hmm. like we, I'm feeding the dog. It's like, I can't forget that's like, I make dinner also that I like, you know, or I can admit when I do or don't like something. Yeah. I can have an opinion on, on a new movie or what we're going to watch on TV or where we're going to go out to eat. It's not just, it's not just like this. I don't know. It's, it's like, um, it's, it's unhealthy because it's the selflessness with this, like the they're behind it is this kind of ups, they're angry about it. Not all of them. Deborah doesn't seem like that as much, but my mom does for sure that she's like, like today, her birthday is tomorrow. And she came over today and I intentionally didn't say anything about how her birthday was going to be tomorrow because I knew she would not say anything and it would be bothering her that I didn't say anything. And like, so then tomorrow I can go over there with you know, flowers or something and surprise her. Cause she'll think I forgot about it. Totally. Oh, she's stealing right now. But I know probably, it. I know it. she, she, maybe not now it's been a few hours, but you know, at, at least for her drive home after she was like, I can't she, believe she was she cursing no one even, under her No breath. one even thinks about me. cares about what I'm no, doing. My God. <laughs> yeah. It's really sad. And I just like, I don't know, like, I wonder if you I could go right back thing. and t- That's what I <laughs> if I could go back in time and like, see my mom, like as a peer, like at the same age as me, maybe when I was little and she, you know, like, and knowing what I know now, I'd be really interested to see if that, that personality was developed to that point, or if that's something that's happened as she got, oh, as she oh, got older. Yeah, that's a cool question to ask yourself. Yeah. I wondered that about my mom and my grandma. Yeah. Because my grandma's 91. Does she have some of that same, those same oh, traits that we're just talking about? She's, yeah. She's my, oh my God. She, yes. And she yeah. controls my mom's life. Yeah. 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 Whenever you were talking about these parents, we always need to think about what their parents were like too. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, what I feel like is different about us and, you know, especially in the freedom community and other couples we're talking to as we do this podcast, um, we're having conversations about how our parents act and how it affected us and how we're acting, how it might affect our children. And I honestly, I don't think my mom, I definitely know my mom didn't talk to my dad about that. She might've thought about about it, but I, my dad didn't think about it all. And they didn't definitely didn't talk to each other. It's like, I feel like that's different. You know, if you guys are having conversations about, you know, how to best take care of a 15 year old. And now you have a new baby you're raising together, you know, and it's, it's like this open dialogue of like mm-hmm. shooting ideas around that, that, it, that in and of itself can start to change and hopefully break that cycle of just becoming exactly what your parents were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people go through life saying, I'm never going to be like my parents. You know, I'm never going to be like my dad. And, and then, and then they have, 
then then life gets kind of busy and you quit thinking about that kind of stuff and you get married and you have a kid and before you know it all of a sudden people are going wow i can't believe it i wound up just like my dad you know like i have these same cuz you know you're raised by them you're going to i mean i definitely have personality traits that i see in myself that are in my dad but the deeper issues like there's no way I could turn into my dad. I've, 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 I'm, I've reached a, pa- a point that's passed. I know he was set in some ways by thing of things by the time he was 40, which is how old I am now. Um, that like now I'm past the point where I could even become like that. And I think that's just because like, I thought about it a lot. And then we got married. We talked about, not just my family, but your family and other families and family dynamics. And, you know, this is before we even like had really talked about having kids or anything like Mm -hmm. that. We were just like really aware of, of these, of these ideas and these things of, of not, if you didn't like something as a kid, don't repeat it, (laughs) you know? And I think that's a little more likely, like you were saying, like within the freedom community, people have more open-minded conversations and that, and I think that's the only way to battle that kind of thing is to actually be aware of it. Yeah. Cause like, I like to think that's true, but then I think about Nate's mom who like came to Jesus through the hippie Jesus people and, and was kind of a hippie for a while. And now she's like, hyper anxious, hyper religious, like, Oh no, people are doing it wrong. Like, mm-hmm. and that's her focus. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what happened? And I'm so afraid of like, because that's how I grew up. And now I'm kind of like figuring some other stuff out. But I feel like she knew this other stuff at some point and she's back up to the hyper. That's that's a good point. I know a lot of those hippie people that you think they they see something, but it's just like, instead, it's just kind of a, a fad or a group that they're with. I mean, the great example is what happened in 2020 because so many of those natural hippie people that maybe even said they were against vaccines and thought natural medicine was a cure and they're at least they at least called bullshit on big for big pharma. Oh yeah, sucks. I hate big pharma and yeah, big companies. And next thing you know, they're buying all their shit off of Amazon and getting injected with shit every couple of months. It's like those people didn't actually. That was their click. That was their 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 group to hang out with. Or even if you look at it on a macro scale, just the hippie movement, like look at 1960s hippie movement kind of stuff. Those people were all about freedom, man, freedom, the freedom to do and say what you want. And those are the same people who are now the most anti freedom of speech people that there are. They don't want freedom of speech. They're the ones who are saying things like, well, you know, I like freedom of speech to to a certain point, but it's dangerous at another point. It's it's dangerous if it's this or this subject or that subject. Uh, I mean, I think people should be able to be free to say whether or not they're gay, but I don't think people should be able to free be free to say whatever they want. <laughs> I think it's interesting because when you zoom out from that too, and you can think maybe there's some manipulation going as, uh, you know, from an outside, the, the, they, it's like, they see what, where that um, alternative group is going. And then they, they co-op that they get their hooks into that and they, they change it. So then all of a sudden, 
that group is doing exactly, you know, it's following back into yeah. that plan as they wanted it. It happens slow. They say freedom of speech and then it gets co-opted into like, yeah, freedom of speech, freedom of speech for this, not for that, for this, not for that. And, you know, 50 years later, all of a sudden it's not about free speech at all. Well, it's always been a slow creep with the actual Marxists because like the hippies were more like actual liberals, like freedom ish kind of liberals. And yeah. I mean, those were the people that were kind of running the show when it came to like the ACLU. Right. Because mm -hmm. look at the ACLU in the fucking 80s. They were defending KKK members like mm -hmm. like like full on like full on neo-Nazis and shit. And they would say, like, yeah, we think they're disgusting pieces of shit, but they still should be able to like the Jewish lawyers were defending the KKK to fucking have free freedom of speech. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And but if you actually like if you listen to like the Marxists liked that idea of freedom of speech because then they were able to express themselves and they were able to co-op those movements. And like, there's an actual, like you can, it's like documented the way that they take over organizations and they mm -hmm. take over all of these like institutions. And then as soon as they have fucking power, then it's like, no more freedom of speech, no more this and that. They like, they got their fucking way. And mm -hmm. it's, it's this weird fucking creep, man. I, I actually just did a pretty interesting uh, uh, episode with odd man. If you know who that guy is. Oh um, yeah. I love odd man. We did, we did one on uh Fabian socialism and dude, God damn, it was good. And it just, the Fabians, they call themselves like a tortoise and they say like, uh, we, uh, we, so Fabian socialism is basically back to Fabius. If you know, uh, Fabius uh, Maximus, I think his name was, and he was this, uh, uh, Roman general that had Hannibal, right? Hannibal was like wrecking shit inside of Rome. And he would just like waited to like, till he had like stressed himself out. He had like, like over, like extended himself. And then he like he was like slow and steady and then he fucking struck hard and that's like their whole mantra they say like we're slow and steady but when we strike we strike hard that is yeah. like their fucking and it's this it's crazy as fuck man because those are the same guys they made the world economic form they started it mm -hmm. and so that's where you see that slow creep where they say like uh, what's his name? Klaus Schwab. He fucking uh, has like how many people he, he was bragging about how many like half the uh, cabinet in Canada are all like uh, a world economic the young global leaders. Yeah, they're yeah. young global leaders. And all of that is Fabian socialism. And all these fucks are the ones that are taking over these institutions. I guarantee you all those ACLU dickheads are world economic stooges, too. They're all Fabian socialists yeah. and they're all just like it's fucking crazy and smart and brilliant and evil. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, dude. Yeah. You just nailed that. <laughs> so all we have to do is like keep our fucking eyes open and keep talking and keep questioning things, and then we don't. Then we're just don't fall into that trap, yeah. or hopefully not. Not that we're going along with some group, you know, kind of like the libertarians. If we were to stay following That's that and you're seeing what the libertarians are becoming, well, look, yeah, the LP. Watch yes. them, like as yeah. they. Like, Dude, fuck the Libertarian Party. But yeah, so if, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if we were a hundred percent, if we were a hundred percent all in in the Libertarian Party and we which, stopped which, thinking like about we what used they were to doing, be. I used to be. Oh, we were 100%. sure. Yeah, I still get their mail. <laughs> yeah, we still have the Reason subscription. You have to defend your team. 
Yeah. Uh huh. And so if that was the case, then we would be going along with all this stuff that's changing our values without us even really realizing it. But as long as we're questioning those things all the time and we're not afraid to go it alone, that we don't have to stay with a group, you know, a pack, then we, that we're not going to fall into the same. If we were, if we were following that, that team with blinders on in the middle of COVID, we would be saying things like, yeah, but sex work is real work people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, what does that have to do with wearing fucking masks and being forcing people to take an experimental medication? There's so much going on in the world, but that's what these people are marching on about. And, you know, luckily it was it was not good enough to be just uh, n- not racist. You also have to be anti-racist. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Right. The, like any of the Joe Jorgensen's tweets mm-hmm. during that time were just like making my head want to explode. Which I've heard lots of people say those weren't actually hers, but you know, I don't care. Of it, course she has a team or whatever, like it, any of them it doesn't do. even matter. And I'm just glad that I started falling out of that before COVID because I might've just been stuck there. If, if, if I, you know, I would have said, well, you know, now's not the time to expand my mind. I, I need to just, you know, tow a line somewhere. Um, but instead, I'd, I'd pushed myself towards anarchism, you know, a good year before COVID, like to where I was, I was passionately on the, like, it was a good year before COVID that I read Man, Economy and State. And I, I came out the other side of that book going, I'm, I'm a full on and cap anarchist you know this side of things and then as as covid rolled out i was like man i I don't even know if i want to be on that team on any team you know yeah i definitely don't call myself an anarcho-capitalist i guess if you wanted to nail me i'm an anarchist and i suppose i'm completely for free markets but i don't even think that makes like fuck capitalism i don't like that fucking name you know Mm -hmm. yeah market anarchist yeah Yeah. pronouns (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> market anarchist <laughs> awesome i like it well is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we uh wrap it up i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> we always kind of just wing it so this is what we've yeah. done it's been a great conversation so far uh, i got i got i got a question for you with your with your son uh yeah. that uh your, your older one you've been homeschooling him you were saying but he's dabbled dabbled a little in, in public school, Mm -hmm. um, with, with that, like, what do you, do you keep yourself reserved in talking to him about things that might be of a little bit more controversial or, uh, conspiratorial sense of things? Like, I don't know. I I mentioned like the moon earlier. Like, I don't know. Do you believe in the moon landing? No, fuck no. (laughs) And, And do you teach your, your 15 year old? about yeah, the his, moon landing yeah, and his teachers are lying to him and nasa's bullshit and he's run by nazis <laughs> okay yeah, fucking, yeah. no i talk to him like an adult i tell yeah. him and i tell him this is my opinion you can you know i, yes. I don't do your own yeah. research but, that, that's what i'm all about i i got this phrase of i i say so they say about everything so they say yeah but when it when it's as close as i get to saying facts to him i say so they say mm-hmm. yeah. whether that be about space or dinosaurs or other other controversial things that that you know I have pretty crazy opinions about. Well, did you sound like you have a bright kid? And so like you can tell him this is what NASA says about this. And then you can just yeah. easily like should and then you can just kind of point some poke some holes into it. And he's a smart kid and he's gonna be like, that doesn't make sense, Dad. Yes. And my son, yeah. when he was fucking seven, he oh came God. up to me and he said, Like, look, Dad. 
I've been thinking about it, and the Santa Claus thing doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. That he could yeah. do this, 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 this. And he was like, look, I don't know if I believe in him because if you tell me he's real, I'll believe you. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, kid, there's no Santa. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's 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 awesome. That was an important one for us to to work through when he was little, that it was really like Santa's a tradition and like a a word we use to describe something. It's not an actual dude. And so it's like pretty much as long as he can remember, he's known it's not a real dude that comes to I have I have never told him that Santa Claus is real, even when he was really little. I would tell him that I think that if you believe in something enough, then you can believe it to be true and real. And that I don't believe in Santa Claus. So Santa Claus isn't real to me, but he could be to you if you if you believe in him enough. And then that's up to him to kind of figure out whether or not that's that's on its whether or not yeah. that's a real thing. As far as like the space goes, I teach him all the time. I say before I say anything of my own crazy opinions, I always tell him, well, this is what you'd learn in school. And I have books on astronomy and stuff because I was a space nerd like most of us were when we were kids. I even, I still have, I still have He's got it right there. all these, all these like space books that I read when I was a kid and stuff. They're like by NASA. It's the I was stupidest animals. I had, I had field guides. I'd fucking, and I'd tell you the scientific species of this fucking bug and shit. Right. Right. Did that include dinosaurs? Yeah. Oh yeah. I had some dinosaur books. Yeah. I was yeah. upset with reptiles and amphibians. That yeah. was the All right. So yeah, I get, I give him the idea of what they would say. And then I say, I don't even say then like, but son, space is fake and gay. Uh, (laughs) I say, (laughs) I say, uh, I say, well, did you know that some people think that the moon's hollow? Did you think that some people think that the moon could be a projection or made of plasma or a hologram or that the earth is hollow or flat? or whatever else, you know, like I start, I start giving them things just one at a time, not just listing stuff off to them to try and confuse them. But, you know, like I give them one thing and and then we kind of chew on that together for a while, but it's always from this perspective of this is what the school teaches you or what I believe the school is teaching you. And this is what someone else thinks. And this is something else that someone thinks. And I just try and give them this whole smorgasbord of possibilities. And then you know, it's like now he's listening to the to the Bart Sabrell book and stuff. And but you can ask him, anybody can ask him, you know, like, what do you think space is? Which isn't a question most eight-year-olds are ready to be asked. Or you're gonna get such a crazy answer. I can't tell you what he'd say. No, and it changes all the time, and he's got new theories, and as he gets new information or he's imagining that. something, it's great. Because think of how rich that uh that that education is. I, I hate that word, education, but that that way of learning compared to when you go to school and they tell you, I know the answer. Someone else figured it out. Don't question it. Memorize this done and move on to the next thing. If you don't write the, what I say is my, like write my opinion on your test. Then you fail a failure. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And and we'll mark that by putting a big red F for failure on your paper. And then you got to take it home 
And I, I don't know if they still do this, but you got to have your parents sign it and bring it yeah, back so you. that we know that you're showing your parents that you are a failure. You know, I holy mean, it's shit. It's a little faggier than that now. It's like, oh, it stands for fag now? <laughs> <laughs> they don't even give you an F anymore. At least an F is like, I earned that F. Like, you know, but now it's like, does it meet standards or something like that? They have like different acronyms. At and, least for elementary yeah. school. And, yeah. I mean, I remember in eighth grade, my report, because I was really rebelling by then. Eighth grade, my report card all was besides PE. I got um, I got a D or whatever, but the rest of the classes it was just an asterisk. It was like a little star, and I was like, "What does that mean?" Well, it means they didn't want to give you an F because if they failed you, you would have to stay in the school. This is just you passed without a grade, and I'm like, "Okay, so you know you can move on to high school. You can't come back here, but you didn't yeah, fail, but you didn't do you didn't." place you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know that was weird no they did they gave him f's at the middle school oh did they oh yeah. good but i'm glad they brought those back he's talking about you elementary yeah. Yeah, yeah elementary they yeah. did they changed it to like s for satisfactory yeah. and like different letters that didn't mean anything there was talk of that when i was still in school um yeah, I can't like there was it, I never actually experienced it, but I knew there were there were people or teachers or other schools that were messing with the idea of like, it's all either it's either pass or not pass. And, you know, kind of a thing and that was a long time ago. You know, this was 90s. Yeah, we're old. Wow. <laughs> you could choose to take a couple courses like that in college. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. you just have to get a 70. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) but not god not high school that doesn't even make sense how do you know where you are on the scale of awesomeness that they yeah right a plus well if it's simpson style if it becomes fail or pass only you know like you either did it or didn't do it then then you're going to end up with like you know i mean something i used to say all the time when i was like still in school age when i was 16 and i was working full time and people would say uh shouldn't you be in school and i'd be like no because all those people are putting all this time and all this effort into it and what they're going to come out with is like uh, a c average and they don't know shit and they don't know a goddamn thing i was working in a wood shop and i was learning a trade which was useful and i still use today you know like what else was someone learning when they're when they're when they're a what would you know a junior in right. in in high yeah. school? They're learning how to memorize yeah. things moving long around. enough to write it down and forget That's it. That's for moving around the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm just, go ahead. Oh, I'm just so hopeful because there's a the the airport here. Um, we're hoping that our son might be able to apprentice there for a mechanic. Oh whoa! Oh, that'd be amazing. Now you're talking. Got him into it. Now maybe he would have to work during school hours next year and not be able to go to school. Yeah, that Uh would be horrible. Uh (laughs) But yeah, and then he'd be actually learning something that would be useful. And like, it doesn't mean he has to work at an airport for the rest of his life or on planes. But any of those skills that you learn there are like, there's so much overlap with so many other things that could pique his interest at some point. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like mechanics. And then it's also electric, like they're going to teach him how to install like computers. Yeah. Computer. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Go for that. Fingers crossed. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. All All the fingers. All the fingers. 
Well, guys. All right. Yeah. Well, I think we should probably wrap it on up. Yeah. Uh, this has been an awesome conversation, you two. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's really good to meet you, Abby. You too. Yeah. And uh, Nate, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Okay, I'm bad at giving plugs. I'm always asking people to give plugs. Uh, <laughs> I've got a show where we kind of like, oh, we have interesting conversations. We have fun. Uh, it's called the Reality Czars Podcast, and you can find us everywhere. I'll send you my link tree. Please. So people yeah. can... Uh, I just started a Calendly because I'm so goddamn disorganized. So now people can, if you want to come and fucking get on my show or fucking uh, you want me on yours, you can set it up and hook it up and all that fun stuff. So I'll cool. send you that. You can find That's us on Rockfin. We're doing some premium content now on, on Rockfin and some fun shit. And, you know, that's cool. Kind of and what about you, Abby? Do you have, do you have anything you'd like to, uh, to promote? Not a thing. You're gonna start. You're gonna start a podcast. She's awesome, and she does really fucking nice show notes for people for uh, for podcasts. If people <laughs> want, like, she's amazing, and okay. she also does like she can also do like internet. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, website auditing. She's she's fucking content. brilliant. She's not she's not selling herself. Proofreading and website content auditing. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. okay. Sweet. And we know we can get a hold of you through Nate. So yep. Yep. got it right on. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, thanks guys for joining us on the world as it is today. Thanks, Thank man. Thanks for having us on. Thanks.